Stand Up For The Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up For The Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. This past Thursday, March 31st, was the International Transgender Day of Visibility. In the PCUSA, we welcome all of our transgender and queer siblings into this family and relationship with the Creator God. So today, I wish to pray a prayer that was written for this incredible day. Will you pray with me? O God of pronouns, we give praise to the Great One, the One who is identifiable as God. I am what I am, you say, the Great They, the incarnate He and She, the God of trans being. Impregnating Mary, fathering God, breastfeeding God of many breasts, You you shatter all stereotypes, making every single person male and female. Male and female, intersex, non-binary, in your image. Exactly in your image. That was just a fraction of this prayer that was at a church, and I believe it was even in Iowa. Prayers to the transgender God, um, to the God of pronouns. Um, friends, welcome to Stand Up For The Truth. Uh, I, You know, part of me wants to apologize for opening up the podcast with something that most of us would say is a delusion, is ridiculous, it is insane, but people are dealing with this issue across the country. I got an email from one of our insider Christian teachers in the public school system uh, right in our area here in Green Bay, And there are students that are demanding to be called by their pronouns. And I know across the country, teachers are are being suspended for not abiding by these rules, by calling students by whatever pronoun they want to be called. This is uh, this is happening. I'm you know, I know it's not news to most of you. So we're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about how it relates to the new radical, the most radical Supreme Court justice that has been confirmed in the history of the United States. She does not uphold the Constitution. She gives light light sentences to uh, child molesters and predators, and she d- could not even define woman in the Supreme Court nomination hearing. She may have a good record on other things. She may be a nice person. She may, be, may even be a good mom, but because she's bought into this radical ideology we're John Haller and I are going to talk about how she shouldn't even be in the position she's in. But this is where we're at in America, friends. So the Senate confirmed Katanji Brown Jackson, and I'm going to bring in John Haller. Brother, welcome back to Stand Up for the Truth. Yeah, it's what's well, been a couple of days. Yeah. Yeah, I thank you. <laughs> we always have uh, we we have these great conversations off air. And I think after the podcast on Tuesday, we talked for another half hour off air. We should have recorded it. But, John, we always run out of time, and there's so much more to cover. Before we get into this, and and I want your take on the God of pronouns and the churches now, it's one thing to have this happening in the the government-run school system. It's one thing to have Hollywood be promoting this 
or corporations or Silicon Valley or our government, at least half of our government, most Democrats. But when it gets into the churches, this is our concern. Why don't you share your thoughts on this before we go on? You know, there, there's been a concerted effort, and I, I know your guests talk about it all the time. Um, so I, I don't want to get to the point where we sound like we're whining, but there's been a concerted <laughs> effort for many years. I mean, you know, Trevor Loudon and mm. and other guys who've talked about the red-green uh, axis that's happened with bringing this Marxist thought into churches and schools and corporate, and now it's into corporations. So it's a form of fascism. I would highly recommend, there's a book I read a number of years ago called uh, by uh, Michael Walsh called uh, The Devil's Pleasure Palace, hmm. uh, Critical Race Theory, and I forget what the subtitle was, uh, Tearing Everything Down Through Marxism. And this is, I first noticed this about, I have to say it's 45 years ago or so when I started graduate school, I'd gone to a Christian college and I knew about it, I'd studied Marxism and that type of thing, but I really I got handed a book in a criminology class in my graduate work to read was on critical theory and how the legal system and, and it's exactly what we're seeing now everywhere. So there's this concerted effort to bring all of this in. And that this was the whole purpose that Marx had was to kind of tear everything apart. Mm -hmm. uh, and he was, I, I think the follow-up book, I don't remember the title of it by Mal Michael Walsh, delved a little bit deeper into Marx and Marx was demonic. He was uh, probably demon possessed. He he was just a very very evil man. And now we see all of this playing out. I mean, so this has been what is called the long march through the institutions. They have taken over everything, and now it's come into the church. And the church, who should be standing up against this, is just submitting. Mm -hmm. Um, some and, yeah and and there's there's and when you when you can't determine male and female then you have a problem and so i would add to your description of that prayer as evil and all that it's it's blasphemous is what it is and demonic yes uh, because you know that's that's one of the things that when remember when jesus was confronted by the people um they they wanted to trap him, so they were asking him the question about divorce. And then he says, well, he who made them made them male and female. Well, he would know that because he was the one who was the agent of creation. And so now we just have this society where you cannot determine everything in, or determine who's male and who's female. Uh, there was a young lady on Tucker Carlson the other night. She had tied with this Leah Thomas male yeah. swimmer. Mm -hmm. And my understanding is he goes into the female locker rooms and he still has his male genitalia when he undresses. Mm -hmm. And so, and I guess the question I have is where are these girls' dads? I've not heard from one of these girls' dads. Well, you, they may have been uh, upset about this and trying to, you know, get to the right people to to protest this, but the media won't report on it. So it's not that none of sure. the dads, and, yeah, we don't know look, what's going on. They, and they're in, they're intimidated though because it's expensive to go to college, and yep. these a lot of these students have, particularly at that elite level, they have uh, scholarships and that type of thing, and they're threatened. You'll you'll lose your scholarship hmm. if you if you don't use the right pronouns. Yes, and uh, and then. It's happening. Yeah. Um, like I said, we have got teachers that are now concerned um, because more students are demanding um, that they abide by this 
you know, this delusion. But, uh, John, I just well, want to mention. I, can oh. I tell you what, how this plays out in real world? Sure. So last <laughs> night I went to, this is just, I've never had this happen before. It's such a weird world. So I, I went to pick up dinner <laughs> at a at a restaurant and I was walking in. There was a young guy there, beard, fully masked. Okay. Nobody around. He got out of his car with the mask on. And as I was walking up to the door, he stopped and held the door open for me and said, you know, it sort of waved me through. And then as I got in the door to the right is where you pick up your food and the, the bar area is straight ahead. And he looked like he was heading to the bar. So I just turned right and went up and waited for the person. And he walks up behind me six feet away with the mask on, of course. And he says, oh, so this is what old privilege looks like. What? You just you just go ahead of me and get your food. Oh, and I, I, old privilege. Old privilege. And I thought, I talked to my wife, I'm 68. Yeah, I'm going to take all the senior discounts. <clears throat> yep. And um, all this stuff. But it was just so, Jeez. and I, I just sort of, I didn't know what to, I'm not usually at a loss for words, <laughs> but I was at that time. At you? <laughs> words that I would want to say in public. I mean, you know, you can imagine what was going through my head. Yes. And it was like, what is wrong with you? Oh, boy. And I said, I'll tell you what, I think it's more important for you. Why don't you just go ahead and get your food first? Mm. And um, and I, I didn't even, I, you know, I, then I started thinking, like, did I say the wrong pronouns to him? Was, oh, it, was he a they or them or a not, you know, was he, I, I don't know. It's just such a weird world. And yes. This, so this stuff has this practical way. And part of it, I think is done by design to keep us off of our moorings so that we don't really know what's real and what's true. And we were confused and that that's done by design. Mm. Um, John, and now we have it in the church. Yes. Yes. There are some churches that are following this and uh, thinking they're being compassionate, but um, I don't know. I think there was the, the church you sent me the link of that the church was going to uh, fast from whiteness yes. during Lent. That was a Washington Times article. I believe that was a church in Illinois. And the, the, this the United is Church of Christ oh, in well, suburban Chicago. We've, okay, let's clarify now. <laughs> First of all, Using the oh, word pardon. church doesn't mean it is a traditional church uh, from a biblical understanding. And we've talked about this for a long time, John. Uh, the, the word church is being abused because there are right. churches out there that have no business calling themselves churches. Your thoughts? Well, you know, it, it's been well over a quarter century that the United Church of Christ has been totally apostate on mm -hmm. these issues. Yeah, But they're doing this now just because this is— what's hip and what's cool and and that's what you that's what you're supposed to do to fit into society now you know you have to get rid of your whiteness so i you know look there were so many apparently this guy last night at the restaurant he had you know the intersectionality points way over me you know but we were both white both male but i was old so that was that was the only privilege that he could grab at the moment mm. <laughs> And I didn't even know that old was a privilege. No, I didn't. Either. Well, it should be. We should respect, especially the generations that, that, that fought in the wars and sacrificed so much for us. But that's that's for another topic. Uh, John, we are going to get to um, this disturbing story about the a box of aborted babies that was found by, I believe, a trucker delivery person. Uh, there's some really 
um, stomach-churning things that are going on under the guise of choice. Uh, it's murder. Uh, we're also going to talk about what we didn't get to last time. Pastor Archer Pawlowski up in Canada. This story has flown under the radar because main media outlets won't pick it up. But he spent 51 days behind bars. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. But we are also going to go back to Disney. John, this is one of the most disturbing topics I've researched in a long time for my article this week over at Harbinger's Daily, and there is so much more. I continue to find every article, everything I look into, there's so much more dirt and junk in the roots of this underneath the surface that is very, very disturbing um, about Disney. But right now, I want to talk about your lawyer, trial lawyer, and a pastor, and the Senate-confirmed KBJ, she's known as Katanji Brown-Jackson, uh, as Associate Justice to the Supreme Court, and she as well, there's nothing we can do about it now, but she is one of the most radical left-leaning judges that could have been nominated. Of course, Biden got his way because a couple of Republican senators voted for her. So this is a problem. John, your thoughts on, first of all, her, it seems like she doesn't respect the Constitution and her past rulings show that, and also her willingness to go along with this gender surrender. Well, there was a survey that she had to answer a questionnaire, and one of the questions on there was a quotation from, all men are born uh, or endowed by the creator with inalienable rights. And she was asked her opinion on that, and she just said, well, I don't really have an opinion on natural rights. Well, you know what she means is she doesn't believe in them. Yep. And she doesn't believe in sort of the founding documents that we have. So separate and apart from her ruling in rulings in these child pornography cases, giving people lighter sentences and stuff, her judicial philosophy should have been questioned. And it's interesting that, you know, some, um, I don't know what, uh, party he belongs to now, like a guy like Mitt Romney who opposed her, voted against her when she was put on the, D.C. Court of Appeals a year ago voted in favor of her now because, oh, I had a conversation with her. Oh, my goodness. That's what he said. And it, it's so her judicial philosophy is terrible. She's a left wing. She's a radical left winger. And that alone should have got all the people on the right and some on the left to have voted against her because she will be very damaging. And, and understand that this is a pattern of the people who've been appointed by the Biden administration, if you remember the person they wanted to put in charge of the banks as they're trying to roll in digital currencies and social credit and that type of thing into the central bank digital uh, currency thing that they're proposing now and studying, they wanted to put in place this radical leftist named Sali Amarova, who was born in Kazakhstan, went to Moscow State as a radical Marxist. But now they've put up a, a lady for the uh, uh, Federal Reserve Board, which is pretty important in our life, maybe more important than almost any other government agency. And she's a radical leftist too that wants to bring in reparations. I don't remember her name, but this is what this is what happened through eight years of Obama, and now four years into the what I call the Biden administration, the third Obama term. And there it was. There trotted out the other day was uh, Barack Obama is back. Yep, uh, because they needed to bring him out. And then he came out, uh, you know, this is off topic, but you know, <laughs> talk about, we've got to stop misinformation on the internet. We got to stop this false information on the other net. Well, how about 
whether someone is male or female. Let's just start, start with the science there. Yes. And then if somebody's abusing children, what, why are you cutting their sentences? Because the recidivism rate is, it's very, very high in those cases. I, I hate to say it, in many cases, the people are not able to be rehabilitated. And so we, now we have a judge on the Supreme Court who, by the way, was one of the most over, when she was in the lower court, the tr district court, trial court level, uh, she had one of the highest percentages of her cases being overturned on appeal, which is not a good sign. Wow. I mean, that shows a judge who has an agenda yep. and is just going to do whatever they want. Why so, is this not important to people, what you just, what you just shared about her? Uh, you know, it, it's, it's part of, I mean, I don't know. I, there's only so many things you can concentrate on at a time. I mean, you know, we talked <laughs> That's true. before the show, like I'm researching things for my prophecy update and seeing how this thing fits together. And I'll look and I'll have a hundred tabs open on my browser, uh, just from the, I mean, every story you start drilling down. Uh, to kind of get to where the source of this is. And, and, and pretty soon it's like everything is interconnected. Mm. That's the thing that's so amazing to me. It's, it's like this giant web in your mind. In fact, the, the website of the World Economic Forum, Strategic Intelligence, if you want to look it up, it, it shows the interconnected of all the issues that are important to the World Economic Forum. And it looks... It looks like a coronavirus with spikes all around that's it. That's right. I've seen that. And all these things interconnected. Mm -hmm. And and that's sort of how my world is. And I, I was talking this way. We ought to do that for Bible prophecy to show how all these different things are interconnected. And <laughs> this is related to this is related to this and this. So it's just this convergence of everything that we see. I don't know why people, though, can't focus on an important person like this judge this is a huge considered for a lifetime yes, appointment yes. to the supreme court and i what is she is she in her 40s so she could be there for you know if the lord doesn't return she could be there for 40 years unbelievable unbelievable well, the only thing we can do other than pray is get more christians and conservatives to vote different congressmen and senators because those are the ones who approve or reject Candidates. Now, here's something that's interesting. There seems to be a contrast that I don't get, John Haller, and we've only got two minutes left, but with the help of three U.S. senators who are Republican, Romney, Collins, and uh, Murkowski in Alaska, they, which platform? The Republican platform defends babies in the womb, the preborn, but Judge Katenji Brown-Jackson now has a lifelong platform for defending barbaric late-term abortion and attacking the free speech rights of pro-life Americans. You know, Obama says we've got to talk about misinformation. What That translate that. That means they want to censor more Christians and conservatives. So there seems to be just some some disconnect, at least with the, re, quote, Republicans, that uh, I guess they're pro-choice Republicans then. Well, in, in this this plays into this, the story we started this with, was the bodies that were discovered outside this abortion clinic mm. that were fully formed. I mean, it, it was... You know, we, we, we cringe and, and get sick to our stomach when we see the bodies laying on the streets for a couple of weeks in Ukraine and these cities 
after they're being killed. Well, we have this happening on a, a massive scale at these abortion clinics. And now we have a state like California, Bill 2223, which is putting in place this radical thing that talks about um, abortion, death of infants up through the perinatal period, which is not defined, which could be anywhere from under insurance codes at seven days after birth. And then under some of the medical guidelines, you know, back 20 years ago, they were talking about this is up to two years after birth. So apparently it's going to be okay for abortions or infanticide if it, depending on how some judge interprets the law, mm -hmm. an yep. undefined term. Yep. And somebody like this Judge Jackson, do you want her making that decision? And nobody thinks through the long-term consequences of this stuff. No, they don't. John, we've got to take a, a break, our first break. We hope that as a Supreme Court justice, she will reject the urge to legislate from the bench, as she's done in the past. And uh, it's sad, a majority of, of senators, with they put this woman with bizarre and dangerous views on the high court, but now it is done. Now it is history. I hope they're happy. They made history. They helped O'Biden make history. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about that subject of uh, the aborted babies that were found, and it's grisly. I saw it over at LifeSite News. More with John Haller when we come back on Stand Up For The Truth. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. Our guest is John Haller, and I just want to share what the Bible tells us and what uh, the Gospel of John begins calling Jesus the Word that was with God. He was God. He is God. He was in the beginning with God. And it says something very interesting. In him was life. We know that. The light, his light, shines in the darkness. The darkness didn't comprehend it or didn't grasp it. And it's, it's very fascinating that uh, he said he came to his own, but the world did not know him or receive him. That's what we're seeing now. We're seeing the light rejected. Before we got back on the air, John Haller just said we're living in very dark times and dark spiritually, uh, but there's this uh, almost oppressive darkness uh, when you see so much evil being called good. Uh, John, before we get to this abortion issue— Can I offer a word of, can oh, I yes. offer a word of encouragement of, there? Of Look, course. It, do, it does say that you know Jesus also said later that uh, before his coming, his second coming— it would be as the days of Noah and the days of Lot. So mm. let's just focus on the days of Lot. And we know what was happening in Sodom and Gomorrah. There's no question. It wasn't, they weren't inhospitable. That's, you know, a lot of times people say, well, they, it was just the sin of inhospitality. Okay. Mm. They wanted to have sexual relations with you that when they didn't want to, that is pretty inhospitable. But at the core of it was their sexual activity. Mm -hmm. But it says also in Second Peter that Lot was vexed. You know, he was perplexed. He was bothered by what he saw going on in, in Sodom and Gomorrah. And it, it says righteous lot when sometimes we would think, well, he didn't really seem like the most righteous guy. But so the point is that if you see these things and they bother you, that's a good check on your spiritual condition. If it doesn't bother you, then there's a problem there and you need to get right with the Lord, I guess is the way to, the best mm -hmm. way to put that. So before we get to this story, John, um, I want to remind our listeners right now, there's a rally going on for Grace Shara in Appleton, Wisconsin at St. Elizabeth's hospital It's happening right now. As we speak, it goes until noon 
Central Time, an event to remember Grace, Shara, and her light to and to, and to bring light to unethical medical practices and protocols. And there's billboards up all around the state that say, was Grace given a lethal combination of meds at St. Elizabeth's Hospital? Was it intentional? And then the website is OurAmazingGrace.net, OurAmazingGrace.net. I believe they will put a video up when it's done, when the event is done today. Eventually there will be a video so you can watch it, as, of course, if you're listening now, you're probably not there. So, John, there's a couple um, articles over at Life News, LifeSite News, several. Um, First of all, there's time-stamped surveillance footage showing medical waste company uh, uh, giving away boxes of aborted babies, time-stamped. And then there's an article that says California Democrats push bill to legalize infanticide for 28 days after birth. And we have the one we started off with that we mentioned in the first segment, um, that th- this is uh, in Washington, D.C., and a uh, box of aborted babies Literally, these are, I saw the pictures, and I wouldn't recommend you looking at them, friends, but um, it's horrific what is going on under the guise of choice and a women's right to kill, I guess, John. So your thoughts on these disturbing, uh, I guess, advances for the pro-choice movement? Well, you need to understand, too, that this is coming at a time when it appears that the Supreme Court may be coming out soon with a ruling. Uh, their term ends the uh, the end of June, so they usually save some of their biggest rulings for that time. And there were some indications that they may be backing off the Roe versus Wade and Casey decisions and allowing states to regulate abortion. You need to understand that you know, it, if you think we're divided now over abortion, if the Supreme Court says the states get to decide, we're going to see a very, very divided United States because a lot of states will, uh, California and elsewhere, they will further radicalize yeah. uh, their in and in the inhumane uh, statutes that they want to put into place. And so, so what you see. Which I think I think really what you're seeing here and in so many other areas, the transgender sexuality issues, Disney, all of this stuff, is this giant spiritual battle that's mm-hmm. taking place. And it's uh, and we know this, you know, Paul told us we don't wrestle against flesh of, of blood, but against principalities and powers. Yes. And I think that it's it's really this giant spiritual warfare going on in that's in the spiritual realm that's manifesting itself in all these different issues on earth. Because when you really break it down, it is a spiritual issue and you get to the point where, uh, you know, you wonder if, if does anybody else feel this way? Mm -hmm. That's why it's important. I think for believers to try to gather together on a regular basis. So you don't feel like you're just a lone wolf out there hanging alone. But you need to understand that the this whole thing that started, uh, you know, with the, the shift last year from the Department of Homeland Security talking about, uh, you know, the white supremacist and the people, misinformation, disinformation, and malinformation, and it just continues. And uh, Obama was back out there yesterday talking about the same thing. So there's the narrative that they're trying to create. If you oppose us, you're racist, you're transphobic, you're homophobic, you're uh, that type of thing. And if you're, 
you know, you're a white supremacist. And if you're, if you're against abortion, then you don't care about women. And if you think that, uh, males should swim with males in competition, you're transphobic. It just, so there, you just need to understand that it's, it's all this kind of interconnected, mm. but ultimately we need to remember, remind ourselves continually. That it's a spiritual battle that we're out. So, you know, we have weapons, we have the armor of God and that type of thing. We have clear directives as to how we're supposed to act. Mm. Um, John, uh, let's talk a little bit more about some history here that, um, as you said, I think earlier, this did not happen overnight. We did not get to this dark place uh, where we are. It is demonic because you're, t- you're attacking the very life that God has created, <laughs> male and female, by the way, um, but you're attacking the very life, uh, human life in the womb, and it, it is demonic because they did it in the Old Testament, didn't they? They sacrificed their babies on the altar of Molech. And so nothing is new under the sun, but in America, it seems like they're taking this just a little further than even maybe the Old Testament did because they're celebrating it, they're defending it, and we've got half of our government that's willing to support it. Sure. It, um, I, you know, it, to go back to the church, um, I'm looking at the article you sent me from Harbinger's Daily about people deconstructing their faith. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I talked that I talked 20 years ago, over 20 years ago at a conference in California about the effect of postmodernism. And I had pastor telling me, oh, John, they'll just asking questions. It'll be a good thing for the church. And how did all that work out? Remember, we used to talk about the emerging church and the emergent church and the yeah. postmodernism and the problems that were happening. That's that conversation has completely disappeared. And why is it completely disappeared in large part? Because they've been subsumed into the churches. Right. The, the, the mainstream, run-of-the-mill evangelical churches have all just sort of adopted all of this stuff. And now, and now they're, so now that they got that foundation laid, now they're bringing in the critical race theory, the, um, the gender stuff, the homosexuality stuff. And it's very tricky to do this. And, and I don't know if I should say this or not, because, um, you know, there were, there was a conference held a number of years ago and a guy named Sam Albury came and he took Isaiah 53 and he was talking at this conference and he said, this is Jesus having body dysphoria and Albury is a, a homosexual what? and Isaiah 53. Uh, and I, I'm going to tell you, wow. I, I don't know if I should tell you, but Go ahead. the conference was held at Ravi Zacharias Ministries. Well, we know and it what talked about yeah. the way that they, and then it wasn't within a year that Ravi and one of the guys from his ministry were doing an apologetics night at the university of Florida. You can go to my website, you can find it, our YouTube channel, or you can go and look up Ravi Zacharias in the Florida mm-hmm. event. If they still have the videos up and his associate said, you know, Jesus was having body dysphoria. So now do you understand what's happened here is that, they bring this guy in. He makes this crazy statement about Isaiah 53 to kind of uh, bolster the transgender view. And then a month later, the guy, uh, within a year, a guy's talking about it. And Ravi's sitting behind him on the stage and doesn't say a word. Now, wow. I have to tell you, I know what you would do. Mm. I, if I, you know, I would grab the mic <laughs> from the guy. Yes. And so you're not, you're not going to say that nonsense. Uh, and, but then 
and then a lot of the things came out about the Zachari- Ravi Zacharias that, you know, unfortunately that, uh, you know, we're all subject to falling, but uh, it was all very troubling. And, but so the, these things happen and they sort of manifest themselves in a bunch of different ways. So if your church is, is going through this and tolerating this stuff, you really need to question whether yes. you should be at that church. Yes. And let's, um, let's go back to, and wrap up our story here because we need to get to Pastor Archer Pawlowski uh, sure. up, up in Canada who was in prison, and I, I want to get your take on his interview. Um, the Washington Post and New York Times published stories about this uh, organization or this trucking company or this individual uh, obtaining the fetuses, these boxes, and those news stories in the Times and the Post, they weren't concerned that they were dead babies in boxes and in parts and in and medical waste containers. What their concern was, of course, is ready that those news stories question if they broken if they broke the laws when the pro lifers walked away with the medical waste boxes. So their concern is the uh, same thing when the, uh, the the citizen journalists went under cover for Planned Parenthood. California attacked the citizen journalists instead of investigating Planned Parenthood. John, wrap up this uh, topic. So what, what were they going to be charged with? Improper disposal of dead babies? I don't understand. Yeah, yeah. I, I've seen, I got the article from the New York Times there. <laughs> and it, it's very similar yeah. to, uh, say, James O'Keefe. You know, he he goes and he shows these people they're doing research on fetuses. They're taking live fetuses yes. and and doing things. And then what what are they going? Well, he's violating the privacy of the people who are doing these gruesome acts. Hmm. Um, this is you know it's sort of like the Hunter Biden laptop. Yep. You know nobody questions whether it's real or the Ashley Biden diary. You know that. O'Keefe was given a copy of, but never published or anything like that. But he shouldn't have had, he was receiving stolen property when she just, she never said it was stolen herself. And so what they do is they just turn the tables on you. This is the tactics of the left and propagandist. You know, this is what the Soviet Union did mm-hmm. uh, for decades, for a couple generations before it fell, but it continues today. Believe me, those yeah. people didn't go away. They had a million people putting out propaganda and they still have a lot of people. And so the one thing that's hard now is when you read the news like this is like, what, what should I believe? What's real? What's true? And part of this is by design to keep you completely off your, your foundations. Yep. And we have to just stand up and resist it. So you got to dig for the truth like everybody else. And yeah. it's not an easy thing these days, but there's a concerted effort to propagandize you. Yep. And, like, uh, We've got to move on because we only have three minutes left, John, to talk about Pastor Archer Pulowski because in the next segment, we've got more disturbing information on Yuval Harari, one of the most dangerous men in the world that a lot of people don't know much about. But let's talk about Pastor Archer Pulowski. He was in prison for 51 days. He was arrested, I guess, doing a prayer for the truckers before the Freedom Convoy, the rally. And just your thoughts in the last two minutes of this segment on that whole situation with the pastors in Canada, particularly uh, Pulowski. Yeah, I saw his 50-minute uh, interview, and then there was also the guy over in, um, was it in Alberta was it, or British Columbia that was also put in prison for a while because they wouldn't shut down the church during these uh, COVID yeah. lockdowns and that type of thing. So, look, this what, what was done to uh, Pastor Art was uh, pretty inhumane. Mm-hmm. 
it shows that there are some really pretty evil people in our governments. Mm. Um, and we need to try to get these people out when we have the opportunity to do so in a, in a legal way, of course. Mm. But, you know, they put them in, sounded like from the interview, they put him in solitary confinement or kind of continually held that over his head, or you're going to get beat up. And I know from uh, people that I've known that have been in prison and solitary confinement, it's, it's torture. It's, it's, I don't like it at all, even for really bad people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I know someone pretty well who was in solitary confinement for about three months, supposedly for his own protection and it was very psychologically damage, damaging to him. And so this is what they're trying to do is they're trying to break him. Yeah. Uh, this is what they're doing with the January 6th defendants. Some of these people, you know, they're, they're not even charged or they're charged with misdemeanors, which can only be punished by up to a year in prison. And, they're, and now we're 15 months after they've been put in prison. They're still being held a lot of times in solitary confinement. Yeah, this doesn't this make sense. This is in our government, our nation's capital. Yes. What? Yeah. Where, where's Judge Kenji Brown Jackson on that one? Why is, why is nothing being done? Nobody in Congress ever talks about it except a couple. A couple of them, yeah. And so, for example, when, and I saw your article on Disney and this thing that you're talking about sexuality to these second and third graders and kindergartners this yeah. it's grooming and if but yep. then marjorie taylor green tweets it out and they say she's promoting genocide what yeah all oh the msnbc took her tweet and said marjorie taylor green is promoting genocide because she said we look at what these people are doing they said it's pre-genocide language wow, wow. and so they're doing the same thing to pastor art that you know he's killing people because he held church um, and of course now we have a bunch of people in Washington are sick with the, or tested positive for the virus. A lot of it relates to what they call the gridiron dinner. They were there for a few hours the other night and all of them are vaxxed, triple vaxxed, boosted, vaxxed, vaxxed boosted, masked, social distanced and protected. And here they are. Anyway, uh, John, we've got to take another break. When we come back, maybe we'll touch a little bit more. There's so much about Disney that I've already written in my article that we talked about a a few days ago, but there's someone that they hired who used to work for the Biden-Obama-Clinton administrations to be Disney's lead spokesperson or communication person. We'll talk about that a little bit, but we've got more coming up on Yuval Harari. Listen for the audio clip coming out of the break on Stand Up For The Truth. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. It's a pleasure to be in Silicon Valley, which for me is a kind of special place as a historian. As a historian, I focus mainly on the history of ideas, ideology, mythology, religion. And I think that the most interesting place in the world today, in religious terms, is Silicon Valley. Uh, not the Middle East, not Syria or Afghanistan or Israel or Jerusalem, but Silicon Valley. This is where the new religions that will take over the world are being formulated. Okay, let's talk about that. That was uh, one of the guys we've been exposing all week long, starting on Tuesday here. Uh, actually, a little bit last Friday, I think I started talking about Yuval Harari and um, Listen to what he said, and John, you can comment on this. He's out in California, Google headquarters, talking about Silicon Valley, a special place as a historian. 
And he said the, the most interesting place in the world today in religious terms is Silicon Valley, not the Middle East, not Syria, or Israel, or Jerusalem. This is where the new religions that will take over the world are being formulated. John Haller. Yeah, Harari is a gay um, Jewish guy. He was a lecturer, teacher at uh, Tel Aviv University. And his expertise is uh, history, specifically the history of the Middle Ages, you know, when we had lords of the manor and the serfs. So he's taken that and he has become, uh, in my estimation, I did a hour and 15 minutes yesterday where I talked about the World Government Summit and some other clips of him that we're not playing here. That's up at FB Fellowship Bible Chapel YouTube channel. But he, he was doing a talk called Religions of the 21st Century. And he said, this is the place where the religions that will rule or control the world are being created. And that's why he was excited to be there. Mm. Now, in a later interview in 2018 at the World Economic Forum, he did a talk called, Will the Future Be Human? And he talks about this whole development of AI and hacking humanity. You've played the clips. Mm -hmm. And so this is, this is all kind of interconnected, giving his orientation too, I think, to the transgender issue, because now they're talking, they're taking young children and they're telling them that you, you don't really know whether you're a boy or a girl. Hmm. Uh, you, in fact, if, when you get to be nominated for the Supreme court and they ask you what a woman is, you'll get put on the court. Even if you say you can't give the definition of a woman. Hmm. Um, and so, but so Harari is, and so there's this religious aspect and Harari is, I think in the update I did yesterday, I called him the, I'm not going to say he's the false prophet of revelation, which we know is coming prophetically, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but he's certainly the false prophet of the world economic forum and Davos and these globalists and everybody that want to control everything. And the religion, so the name he really gave to this religion at this 2018 interview at the World Economic Forum was dataism. And this is what he worships. And so there you need to understand that this man is an atheist. He is anti-God. He is anti-Christianity. He thinks Christianity is not true. I don't know if you can play clip three that I gave, sent to you there today, but that's where he sort of gives what his opinion is of the um, um, Christianity. Sure. Let's play that again, Travis. A religion or an ideology does not have to be correct in what it says in order to take over the world. We have many cases previously in history when religions and ideologies which said what we think today to be completely erroneous things about the world nevertheless managed to take it over. In scientific terms, the story, for example, that Christianity tells about the world how the world was created, how humans were created, how things work in the world, it's not true. It's simply not true, at least according to science. But this did not prevent Christianity from taking over most of the world. So you don't need the truth to take over the world. Similarly, with these new data religions, maybe they are based on a misunderstanding of life, but this will not necessarily prevent them from taking over the world. 
Wow. How can you be more clear than what he just said? Something can be false and you can take over the world with it. Right. And these new, and and he referred to them as these new data religions. Yes. And mind you, this is 2015. This is seven years ago. Mm. So go back seven years. and, And there was an earlier talk, Ted talk that he gave in 2014. And so now he comes in and he's the most popular speaker at the World Economic Forum when he comes. And he talked about in 2020 at a democracy forum uh, sponsored by the New York Times, he talked about the fact that we've now accepted the surveillance state. Mm. And every now and then he'll say, you know, I'm kind of concerned about totalitarians taking control of this. But you need to understand that, again, we're in this massive spiritual battle. And so there's going to be a spirituality and a religion behind the people that oppose the God of the Bible. And this man stands in stark contrast to the God of the Bible. Mm-hmm. And it, right. he may, you know, he may be a kind of guy you want to sit down and have, I mean, he's interesting to listen to. He's <laughs> very intelligent. Might want to have a cup of coffee or something with him, you know, you're too kind, but you need to understand that there is a, there is a, a sinister, aspect to this when he's talking about in Silicon Valley mm-hmm. and Google and the data people that are trying to control everything and kind to control what is said, yep. this is where the new religions that will control the world will be created. And at some point you have to say, people wake up, yes, just he- wake up and understand we are in this, we are in a battle yes. and it's being fought on many, many levels. And there are many ways to fight it. But part of this is to control your mind, to control your spirituality. And we know who is behind this. Um, And this data stuff, it's it's here. This was seven years ago we talked about. And one thing you notice is this is Google headquarters. And nobody at Google stood up and said, wait, wait. And I listened to the Q&A in the talk. You can find it on the internet. Nobody questioned him because they nobody, knew he nobody was. Nobody said, well, wait, wait a minute, what are you talking about? He wasn't exaggerating. He was l- literally telling what's happening now and the power that they have, um, which is scary. John, we've got to move on. We've got seven minutes left. Disney hires okay. political veteran who worked for Biden, Obama, Clinton to be the company's lead spokesperson amid the don't say gay chaos in Florida. And her name is Kristen Shockey, I believe. She was previously the global communications Uh, director for Instagram. Uh, She's now Disney's executive vice president of global communications. She's like the Jen Psaki of of Disney now, from what I understand. So your thoughts on this hire, knowing that she's a radical leftist, she's worked for these, uh, you know, other administrations. um, And John, just your thought that Disney would uh, seek to hire her. Well, look, Disney has, uh, so when was she hired? I'm looking at a couple days ago, it looks like. Disney has a massive communication problem now because these videos were leaked uh, to Christopher Rufo and yep. others. I played clips of them and the president of Disney talking about, you know, I have two queer children, uh, you know, one transgender, one pansexual. And, and, I, and, and they and, said they want 50% more LGBTQ and minority characters in all of their productions. 50, all their main characters, 50%. 50% more increase. Right, at least 50%. Yeah. Which is way beyond what their 
prevalence is. But so, but see, so you have to understand there must be some other agenda behind this. So she's going to be a communications director. She's going to get up and lie for Disney, just like Jen Psaki gets up and lies <laughs> for the Biden administration on yes. a level that um, I've never seen. Here, here's a rule of thumb as a lawyer. If, if somebody is lying to you, the best determinant, apart from their body language and everything, do they answer the question that you ask them? Yep. If they do not answer the question that you ask them, you can assume right out of the box they are lying. Mm. That is, that's the biggest question. And watch Jim Pisaki. She never really answers very often. She will not even get close to answering the question. All these politicians that are interviewed, we, we have this massive problem. So Disney's had thousands and thousands. I've heard tens of thousands of people have canceled their Disney subscriptions this week because of what they saw going on, because they don't want their, these people talking about these sexual issues with their kids. And they had one of the guys went there. He says, we need to show the kids this so they understand what normal is, what the new normal is. Mm. They're giving puberty blockers to prepubescent children that is destroying them hormonally for life. Yeah. They're giving them radically oddling situations. So here's, I think first heard this from Dennis Prager. We are so confused in our world that they say that your sexual orientation, whether you're attracted to men or women is fixed from birth. It cannot be changed. That's why they have these anti-conversion laws that they're putting in place to stop it because people do change. They don't want that. And then, but when we get to the side of your gender, you are born male or female. There are a few exceptions. I understand that, but those are pretty rare. You're born male or female, but that we can change. Okay. So your sexual orientation, what you think can't be changed, but your body can be changed. So layer that on what Noval, Yuval Noah Harari was talking about is the fact that we can now hack humanity. Mm -hmm. And we can change things and understand with, you see articles all the time about CRISPR technology and some of the things that people are suggesting about the, uh, the COVID vaccinations and, and things that they might change within you. Um, we are, this is Tower of Babel type stuff. You know, the first big rebellion, joint rebellion of humanity against God Genesis was the 11. Tower of Babel. Yeah. It's going to recapitulate itself in the end times. And we are at that stage where we have this huge spiritual battle, which ultimately is a rebellion against God and his design for humanity and his plan for redemption. They are attacking it on every level. Yes, they are. So um, I encourage you to check out the article over at Harbinger's Daily on Disney, Disney's depravity and moral decline. It's been going on for decades. John, we've got Two minutes left, and I don't even want to open up another topic, but we did want to touch on the subject of food shortages and the supply chain issues. And there are some uh, there's some unrest in Sri Lanka, Peru that you pointed out. Germany is raising food prices. Will people want to want to know, will it affect America and when? Yeah, I don't know when. I mean, you know, we we have a lot of farmland, but I can just tell you from last year, we took a trip across the West Colorado, was in the midst, eastern Colorado and western Kansas, had a pretty severe drought, uh, Nebraska, other places, and they're saying that that will continue, particularly Central Valley of, of California, 
uh, where, as you probably know, 40% of the fruits and vegetables in the United States come from. And the snowpack this year was like, they're talking like a 1,200 or 2,000 year low. Mm. So there's not going to be replenishment of these reservoirs, which were already low in California. You have lack of fertilizer because most of that's manufactured in uh, Ukraine and Russia. Ukraine and Russia supply 40% of the wheat. The Middle East is preparing for more things like the Arab Spring that started about 10 years ago, uh, mainly in Syria. That was related to a drought and lack of food production and rising food prices. I just don't see how this does not spread all the way around the world. The the prices are up, supply chains. I just think people need to take, plant a garden, okay? You know, buy 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 an extra bag of rice when you're at the store. Dried foods, canned foods, things that'll last a long time. We're not trying to raise any panic here, but for those who are concerned, there are things we can do because these fertilizer issues, the potatoes, the poultry, different things will eventually affect us. Prices will go up. But let's uh, keep trusting in God, our provider. John, your final thoughts. Yeah, look, you know, the Bible talks about, you know, preparing in Proverbs and that type of thing. The Proverbs are very practical and it talks about, the, you know, even some of the nature uh, animals and nature prepare. So I think we need to prepare. But the other thing, though, when we're talking about preparation, you need to prepare your heart spiritually, be in the word, trust the Lord, be in prayer, associate with other believers. John Haller, thank you so much. God bless you. And you just did another uh, update midweek. I encourage people to check that out on his YouTube channel. We'll link to that at standupforthetruth.com. We've got Patrick Wood on with us, Technocracy News on Monday, Elijah Abraham on Tuesday, Sarah Scheiber on Wednesday, author Terry James Thursday, and Dan Smithwick of the Nehemiah Institute on Friday. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, Keep speaking the truth about things that matter.